0: The next thing you guys may notice, I don't know if you notice this. This is the bulletin, and the the message of the sir the title of the sermon today is "Details Matter." Isn't that good? That's why I love on the on the sermon. It says John nineteen seventeen to twenty two, because that's not the message this morning. <laughs> Details matter, and I mess them up. It's kind of true, you know, when I was in um, medical school, I've told you this before, it's an old joke, I know, but it's not really a joke. People were serious. They said, for every fact you learn in medicine, you lose one childhood memory. (laughs) And I don't remember my childhood very well at all. And I blame medical school. (laughs) One thing I do remember, one thing I do remember, super clearly. I remember as a young child, I was eight, I remember what was in my heart. As I came to the Lord and prayed the sinner's prayer. I was desperately afraid. I remember that feeling. I was so afraid of hell. I was afraid I was going there. And so I prayed to Jesus and asked him to to be my savior. That fear, you know, shaped my life a lot of my Christian growing up. And I don't know if that's true of you or not, but it was true of me. It wasn't just a fear of hell then. It was a fear of did I measure up and was I doing enough for the Lord? And was he going to be happy with me when I got to the great judgment in the sky and he was going to look at me and my life would flash before me and it would be, did I really do enough? Or the Lord would say, well done, Dax. Come on in. It shaped how I thought about what I was doing with my life and the choices that I was making and very fear-driven for me. And so that's, I think, important this morning as we think about this. This, I think, pretty ubiquitous fear of dying, not knowing what's next, meeting your God, and what does he think of you, and what is the message, what's the meaning of this cross that we are talking about and the death of Jesus on the cross for you? We've been through the Gospel of John. That's where we've been. And what did Jesus really do? I know the big picture stuff, and you do too. He died on a cross for your sin. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. But sometimes we miss some details in the story that are meant to speak to your heart about what Jesus actually did. And one of those details I want to bring to your attention today that maybe you've never thought of before or seen the depth of what John is trying to speak to and the Holy Spirit through John trying to hit you this morning about what Jesus did in detail. So I want to share a special detail for you, very specific details. We're going to be like Sherlock Holmes. You ever see the beginning of Sherlock Holmes, one of those things where it's like the woman's lying dead on the floor, but he, the camera goes into her ear that's missing an earring and the finger that's missing a ring. And he's like... Well, obviously she was, he goes off on this whole story that he made from the details that spoke to him about a very specific stuff that's happening. That's this morning. That's what we're doing. There's details and details matter. So Jesus cries out his last words on the cross from John. We love it. It's a single word. We, I made you say it in Greek a couple of times last week. It is finished and he died. John's not done. He has this one more paragraph. It's very interesting. I want want to share with you. There's a spotlight. The detail glams up and you see the spotlight. It's meant to speak to your heart. Okay, let's look. It's John chapter 19, starting in verse 31. Here we go. says this, Since it was the day of preparation, John writes, And so that all the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath. That was Saturday for them, right? For the Sabbath was a high day. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Well, that's interesting. John's focusing in on why the reasonableness of the request. It's like, you know, we've got to do the holy day. The, the Passover's here, so would you go break the legs? Because normally the Romans would leave people on the cross to suffer more, and because they were criminals, they're supposed to die and die suffering. You break the legs, they die faster. They can't push themselves up to breathe. So the soldiers came and they broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. They did not break his legs. One of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. At once there came out blood and water. Okay. He's not done telling the story, right? There's stuff that's happening now after Jesus died, and I'm kind of a little bit like, well, okay, they didn't break his legs. I know Jesus isn't really a criminal. They shouldn't break his legs. And that's what, no. He was already dead. I do think there's an interesting thing about the, that the, he brings out one more detail. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but the stabbing the side and the blood and water comes out. That's maybe a little plural effusion and I can go medical on it. But, but really, I don't think it's meant to be medical. I've mentioned life that's in the blood and water cleansing coming out of Jesus. It's amazing. But John is particularly taken up with how they didn't break his legs. See that detail? And I just want to show you, it's so important to John. He even kind of, he, he, he talks about it, then he's going to say something, and he's going to talk about it again, because look what he says next. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true. And he knows that he's telling the truth, that you also may Believe. I take that as a, well, all the stuff that's happened to this point is true, and I'm testifying that it's all true. But then, particularly, John's thinking, they didn't break his legs. I saw it. My testimony is true. Because he goes back to it, look to what he says. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled, not one of his bones will be broken. See what he just did? I saw him. They didn't break his legs. And I'm telling you, my testimony is true. And it fulfills the scripture that his legs weren't broken. Dude, he's building up this idea that his legs weren't broken. No broken bones. And then the thing says, and again, the scripture says, they will look on him who they have pierced. The piercing of the side and the blood of life and the water of cleansing coming out. Okay. That this is interesting because the idea, and I would tell you and I could walk around and we could take, why do you think it's important to John that the legs weren't broken? What's the big deal about this little detail? Why, why? We can all be Sherlock Holmes because it's right there in the Bible, right? Where in the Old Testament does it talking about not breaking someone's bones? Where? Could it be related to the idea that it's the Passover? It's the day of preparation of the Passover. What happens on the day of preparation of the Passover? They take the lamb and they kill it and they put the blood, right? And they eat it. They put the blood back in the day. They didn't keep doing that. But they celebrated the Passover, remembered it. And specifically, let me throw a couple scriptures. They said this. You shall be eaten, this lamb, in one house. You shall not take any of the flesh outside the house. And you shall not break any of its Bones. What? Yeah, and in case you missed it, it's, it's again in the Torah in another place. Here it is in Numbers: They shall leave none until the morning, nor break any of its bones, according to the statute for the Passover. They shall keep it. Whoa! This is this is a, a this is a sign. And I was in seminary, you'd call this a type, but, but this is a sign. This is a connection. You're supposed to see something here that's supposed to hit your heart about what it, we're talking about the most amazing, hugest event ever, which is Jesus Christ on the cross. And then he says, Hey, hey, I'm tying it to this. Yeah, you guys, hey, you guys, his bones weren't broken. And you go back and say, Hey, like the Passover lamb, we got to talk about the sign. You should know this sign. This should be like, yeah, of course. It's so amazing. It's awesome. And it really does mean something for us. So let's, let's talk about the sign. The sign is what happened back then. You know, you kind of know the story, I know, but have you ever considered? Let me just expose you to a tiny bit of this story. Look, look. the Lord in Exodus chapter 12 says to Moses and to Aaron in the land of Egypt where he's going to take his people out of the world and save them. This month, listen, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. So tell all the congregation that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb and the lamb for their house. So, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Did you see what just happened? There was this thing that happened in the Old Testament that was so important to God that he said, you know what, we're restarting. This day will be January 1st from now on. For the rest of time, you're going to remember January 1st hits because it's going to be about this event. I feel like most of us don't even know what it is. That it was so important, Passover was. And and I know the story from I know the 12 plagues, not the... 11 plus 1, I, I know the parting of the Red Sea. I know the whole story. I can walk you through the Sunday school story. But somehow, particularly to God, this particular, you're resetting the calendar. It's so important. To take this lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or the goat, and you shall keep it on the 14th day. And the whole assembly of the congregation shall kill their lambs at twilight. They kill the lamb, right? So this is the preparation of the lamb. This is what's going on when Jesus is dying on the cross. They were to take blood from the lamb that they slayed, right, and wipe it on the doorpost. We won't read the whole thing. And 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 that night they had to eat all of it, and they couldn't burn and burn the rest. They couldn't eat, and and so any left over, and they ate it with their belt fastened. They said, their sandals on their feet, ready to run. Because that night, the angel of death came. Doom. Death would come, and the only thing keeping you from death is, is the blood on the doorposts of your house and the lamb that you had eaten in your belly. Interesting, huh? <laughs> really interesting. That's Exodus 12. And, and if you look, that's where we get this idea. of This day shall be a memorial day. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. This is when the death came. And, and the Lord at midnight, the angel of, of death came and the firstborn of Pharaoh, and the firstborn of the livestock, and they all rose up, and there was this great cry in Egypt. There there was not a house where someone wasn't dead, and they're crying. And this is what freed them. This is what freed the Israelites, right? God killing the Egyptian firstborns. They said, get away, we can't handle you anymore. Get out. So there was this big celebration for Israel. Since the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, this is the statute of the Passover, no foreigner shall eat of it, but every slave that is bought for money may eat it after you've been circumcised. There's no foreigner or hired worker may eat of it, but it shall be eaten in one house. You shall take any of the flesh outside the house. You shall not break any of the bones. And all the congregation of Israel shall keep it. Because on that day, the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their hosts. This is super deep. Very important, this post-mortem detail of Jesus' legs not broken because he's the Old Testament sign of the Passover lamb. So Jesus Christ is the greater Passover lamb, right? It was a small thing pointing to a big thing. The the lamb that was the, G, the God set up for these guys to to to, to see that they were going to get saved from death. And the really, it's God coming over. Most commentators think because God in His wrath and just saying, "I'm you're, you're not mine." Boom, you're dead. It's pretty amazing. Right? Condemnation is coming. There's no escape except by the blood of the Lamb, which protects from the angel of death. So redemption and sacrifice and ransom, and he did it for you, and that's his death, and His great victory for saving you. It's not your exemplary self-sacrifice. It's his amazing death for you, and we get it, and we say amen. And, and, and is that what John is talking about? And if you're with me so far, I say, yeah, that's really cool, Dax. I like how the Old Testament points to Jesus. And there's lots of things that point to Jesus in the Old Testament. Yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. This is the only one where you started the calendar again. This is the only one where John is so sure you see that this detail, the Passover story, you know, is all over the Torah. It impacts more. I want you to think through with me Don't leave only there. Take one more step in, would you? I want to show you one more because it's it's not just a sign to say, yeah, Jesus died for me. I get it, he did. It's uh, particularly for you and me. It's our security. It changes something. There's a perspective John's going after that you should have. Here it is. You know, when Jesus is on the cross and he said, it is finished, what's finished? What did he do? Well, he paid for sin. Sure. But this Passover story, right, is not really about paying for Israel's sin. You know, the, 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 the sin of the firstborn who died isn't any worse than the sin of the Israelite who didn't, didn't die. Is that okay to say? They're both human beings, and yet one died and one didn't die. It's not really about God came over and said, wow, you're really bad, and so we're killing all of you. No, Pharaoh was hardened and saw these people. So it feels like unjust almost, but it's not about establishing justice. It's about God saving people from death, right? That's what the Lamb did. It's about God Setting people apart for him. I want you to hear this. What do I mean? I don't know if you know this. So so when God sent the angel of death over and the firstborns were saved from death, you realize they were different? You realize God said, those are mine, those people. And said, if you want to keep them in your family, you can have to buy them. Because my act of saving them from death means that they are mine and they are set apart. The word we use for holy. In fact, I want to share with you one more thing. Who were the priests when Israel started out in the wilderness? They went out. Who do you think was set apart for God to do the priestly stuff? If you're going to take a stab at it, you might say, the Levites. And I'd say, because it's not, not at first. You know, God said, the ones I bought are mine. They're holy to me. Not by them being sin free, not by them doing awesome things, not by them being excellent workers. But because I saved them, they are mine. And there's a really interesting passage, and I want to share it with you in Numbers. So if you have your Bibles, you can look, but it's Numbers chapter 3, and look, look, look at this with me. I'll put it on the board. It says, the Lord spoke to Moses. You know, they went out into the wilderness, Moses went up to do the, the, the time with God where he gets the Ten Commandments, and the people are playing on the bottom, and making a golden calf, and all that stuff's happening, right? And then they make the tabernacle, God gives them another set, and all this stuff is happening. But, 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 Look at this. The Lord spoke to Moses in Numbers 3. Behold, I have taken the Levites. They would become the priestly class, the whole clan. The Levites from among the people of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the people of Israel. The Levites shall be mine. For for all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I consecrated for my own all the firstborn in Israel, both of man and of beast. They shall be mine. I am the Lord. Whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa what's he saying? He's saying, okay, yeah, that event when, when people got saved, those people are mine. And then what he said is, okay, I'm going to sh- I'm going to shook them out. Most people think he's shook them out because the image is done. It's the blood of animals did that. He was doing an image to say, look, the ones God choose, the one God ransoms, the one God takes, the one God claims, they're his. How are they holy? He chose them. He picked them. He grabbed them. He gathered them. He kept them from death. Whoa. And then when it came time and, they were actually mess-ups, you know. They're in part of the golden calf scene. They're helping the thing. He said, I'm switching them out. And so there. Were, then he counted them all. This amazing scene. We won't go into it all, but he counted all the firstborns, and there's 20,234. And he counted the tribe of Levi, and there's 20,000. said, okay, I'll take them instead of them. You keep them, and I got them. That's what he did. The Levites they were just random people. I'm just grabbing the whole tribe. And he said, but there's 234... You gotta pay me for. Because they were mine. He did. That's in the Bible. It's amazing. God said, These people are mine, and if you want them back to use for you, you gotta pay me. So they did. They had to redeem them from God. Incredible. Incredible strong idea. So, so you see, right? The firstborns saved from death by the blood of an animal were claimed by God. They were holy to God. They were going to serve as priests. They they weren't qualified or particularly holy in action. In fact, they're the ones helping Aaron make the golden calf. And so in numbers, God's like, okay, the imagery's over. And now we're setting up the Levites, but to close it off, I'll take the whole tribe and I'll make you buy back from me the ones that aren't because they were his. I own them by saving them. So flash forward with me. Think about it. Flash forward. It is finished. What is finished? No broken bones. Blood shed for us. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Victory. I did it. I claimed you. That's what Jesus says. You set apart for me by what He did. Death will not stop it. Sin will not put you in condemnation. Think about that. Sin will not put you in condemnation. Your death is in my death because you eat of me and the right wrath of destruction passes over you. That wrath didn't fall on Jesus in this picture. Like it didn't fall on the lamb. The wrath didn't fall on the lamb. Not in this picture. We talk about that in other things. But I'll tell you what. The image is Him protecting you and me. His victory. His claiming those who take him in. Those who are identified with his death. Because he's going to raise them to life forever. And the Old Testament sign points to this greater way. Because the Lamb is God himself. Shedding his blood which does what he intends. Do you see the security of this? Like think about your life with me. Jesus claims you, you're His. This is what holiness is, you're set apart. It's what the firstborns were because they've been redeemed by God in this picture of what would be actually real redemption, which is God saying, if you'll just take me in, I've got you. From the start to the finish. I'm His. You're His. Because He did it. He, he did it. It is finished. It's not like the law where the firstborn are rejected because there there isn't the blood of an animal. This is the blood of God that accomplished what he wants it to. And so by trust, participation in his body, in his blood, association with his death and life and baptism, we're his people forever because he did it. So, 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 and I know I am. This is a, a because... Because sometimes concepts are hard, we, we kind of go over them, but this one you shouldn't. This one you should cherish and should get in your heart that God has you and you're his, that there's no worry in life or in death. I, I feel a bit like God scooping up a handful of sand, and sand is like worthless. There's so much of it. Then he blows on it, and it starts to glow. Oh, precious people, you're his treasure. You are. Not you like you might be if you really cleaned it up and got better and did. No, you're, you're his treasure because he died for you. He, he, he did that. That's what he did. And, I know me. It's super hard because I'm scared of death. I'm scared of life not well lived. I'm I'm wanting to maximize my experience. I'm clinging to function and youth and strength because I want man, there's still possibility for me to accomplish and and I get my mindset on it and then and then and then the Bible comes on and said, "Wait a minute. Your whole value is you're covered. You're loved. That's the message of the cross." John's claim is not, you will be weighed. John's claim is not, it is up to you to stay in holiness. His message is that you're special. You're special because God owns you specifically. You are his specifically. You are holy because of the land, because you were under the condemnation of death, and he's taken you out of that condemnation forever. Wow. And he will do with you as he wills with you. You're chosen by God because the chosen one has made you his. And when the wind blows you wherever he wants, he's going to do with you amazing things. Like Sam in San Diego. Like you, as you are out there, like wherever you go and, and your story is your story. And sure it's tainted by sin and sure it's tainted by failure and sure it's tainted by things that are wrong. Because that's you. And your story is, I've been redeemed. Have I told you the story of victory? It's a victory won on the cross. Where Jesus Christ says it's finished. Forever. And that's the story we have. And I'll tell you what, it's all in the details. And this morning, if there's a detail you you walk away with and say, Wow, there's something John really wanted me to know today. It was that Jesus' legs weren't broken emphatically they weren't right and what that means for the Passover what that means for the covering what that means for the bigger sign that his bones did not break because he's the real lamb the one pointed to in the strongest picture of the Old Testament where oh death is your sting where is your victory it's been swallowed up by our Savior forever so tell you what drop the fear will you Will you help other people? Will you help me? Drop the fear of death. Drop the fear of, man, I just don't know if I really measure up because the answer is always going to be you don't. And the real answer is going to be he's got you forever. Let's pray.